You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. The Dining at Disney podcast. The Dining at Disney podcast. You know the thing about good food? It brings folks together from all walks of life. Your ultimate source for the wonderful world of dining at the Disneyland and Walt Disney World Resort. If you are what you eat, then I only want to eat the good stuff. Kristen and Bubba are your guides on this culinary adventure. People are going to line up for miles around just to get a taste of my food. Our food. <laughs> Join them as they discuss the latest food news, expert tips, recommendations, and trip planning advice as it relates to Disney dining. Try the gray stuff. It's delicious. Don't believe me? Ask the dishes. From quick service to fine dining, you'll discover all the best restaurants and food as you hungrily explore the Disney parks. Do this thing! The Dining at Disney Podcast. And now your hosts, Kristen and Bubba. Welcome to another episode of the Dining at Disney Podcast, your ultimate source for delicious discussion about dining at Disneyland and Disney World. I am your Disney foodie addicted host, Kristen, and I'm going to be doing the show alone today. Uh, my co-host, former cast member Bubba, is off uh, because we're going to be discussing the 2016 Epcot International Flower and Garden Festival, all of the good foods and drinks that you can enjoy and topiaries. So before we get into that, which we do have some interviews for you, too, from uh, some of the cast members at Disney. But before we get into that, we want to thank you for downloading the show on iTunes, streaming it on Stitcher, and watching the webcast on YouTube. Be sure to like and subscribe to our feeds, and don't forget to share with your friends. If you're looking for a way that you can help support the podcast as well as the site, you can do so by visiting one of our affiliate links. We've got the Disney Store, Garden Grocer, and Jelly Belly. You can also pick up one of the ebooks. Soon we're going to have a new edition of the Epcot Dining Guide. And of course, in the fall, we always have the Epcot International Food and Wine Festival Guide for you as well. So now. On to talking about the 2016 Epcot Flower and Garden Festival, the food and beverages. Now, a couple weeks back, I had the opportunity to attend the preview of that. And the festival kicked off this year on March 2nd. It's going to be going on now through May 31st. You got a full 90 days this year to enjoy all kinds of tasty food and drink and beautiful flowers and plants. So at the preview, uh, Eric Darden, he is the horticultural manager. He gave us a tour of what was coming as far as the new topiaries and answered all kinds of questions about how they go about planning and planting all these beautiful flowers. So we got a chance to do all of that prior to heading in to taste all the delicious food, which is really what you guys all want to know about. And as we entered, it took place in the World Show Place that um, is located between the Canada Pavilion and the United Kingdom Pavilion. And as we walked in, they had for us what's called Desert Violet Lemonade. And it is delicious. And on top, it's got a little violet. So it's really pretty. And the flower is edible. 
uh, some of the different food items we got to try, which there's a very long list, and you can actually see all that when you visit diningatdisney.com and check out the page about the Epcot Flower and Garden Festival. You'll see all the, the foods listed there. But some of them that we got to try that are new this year is the jerk spice chicken with mango salsa and green papaya slaw. It has a lime cilantro vinaigrette that is served at La Isla Fresca. We really enjoyed that. The chicken was cooked perfectly, nice and tender, just falling off the bone. Uh, this year, some of the beers that you may have tried in the past, like the maple bacon stout, it is back again. And this year, we are told it's even, uh, it even has more of that maple bacon taste. And the reason being is they used uh, mesquite smoked malt when they made it this year to make that bacon pop a little bit more in that flavor of that stout. We also tried there the Rod Bender Red Ale, also available at the Smokehouse. We really like that and actually think it is worth heading over to uh, Japan, which is located very close by, and trying that beer paired really nicely with the beef teriyaki udon. Uh, that's it over at Hanami, over at that uh, outdoor kitchen. So definitely, you know, some good beers going on over at the Smokehouse this year. Uh, they did bring back the Bauern Market, which is the farmers German farmers market, and this year they have a currywurst with paprika chips. Excellent. Really enjoy that. If you enjoy refreshing cocktails, one of them that we tried was the watermelon cucumber slush. It has Hendrix gin in it. Really easy, smooth drink. Um, just a warning, it could be a little dangerous because it you hardly taste the alcohol in it. And it's so good, you could easily drink too many of those, especially on a hot summer day. They did bring back over at the Smokehouse a favorite of ours, which is the beef brisket burned in hash, which has a white cheddar fondue and pickled jalapenos. You can always ask them to leave the jalapenos off if it's a little too spicy for you. We like them on there. We didn't find them to be too hot. Again, they are pickles. So they're a little bit milder than if you're biting into a fresh pepper. Also new this year is the Cider House, and it's located in the United Kingdom Pavilion. And one of the things that they have is McKenzie's Black Cherry Hard Cider. Really nice cherry flavor, not too sweet, but they actually have a snake bite that they're doing there. And it is then blended with the Cigar City Brewing Tampa-style lager. So that was really tasty. We really enjoyed that. And then uh, if you like macaroons, the one that you must try is the macaroon chocolate from Raw, which is the large, it's a large raspberry macaroon with chocolate fudge and raspberry jam. Unfortunately, they were too easy to take with us. And so a lot of people kind of snuck a couple extra out. So I was trying to try everything on the menu and... It's not very easy to, to do that when you're only one person. But by the time I finally got over to the macaroon table, they were all gone. So I did not get a chance to try that. But I did try everything else on the menu. So I will say I did leave feeling very, very full. 
For people who like French toast, also at the Bowern Market is what's called Armor Ritter. And it's a battered toast, kind of similar to a French toast. And it has a cherry compote and powdered sugar on top of it. So if you like French toast, I highly recommend stopping by and trying that. For salad lovers, there's a couple different ones that I, I really enjoy. They did bring back from Urban Farm Eats the watermelon salad, which has the pickled onions. It has B&W Gourmet Farms baby arugula, feta cheese, and a balsamic reduction. This one is now going on its fourth year of being on the menu. It's really popular, so that's why it's back again. If you're looking for something new over at Cider House, they have a land-harvested field greens with apples, dried blueberries, Stilton cheese, and apple cider vinaigrette. If you are allergic or you just don't like blue cheese, you can always ask them to leave the Stilton off. They are more than happy to do so. For those looking for wine or sparkling wines, that kind of drink, my favorite one that they had to try was a key lime sparkling wine. It wasn't too sweet and it wasn't didn't have that bitterness, you know, that you think of when you think of limes. It was really nice, easy to drink, very refreshing. If you like something very sweet, they have a Hurricane Class 5 Florida White Sangria. Now, it is actually made with five different kinds of fruits. It's got mango, lime, passion fruit, pineapple, and watermelon. So, it really is a very sweet, very fruity wine. Uh, another thing is, if you like pineapple, there is a sparkling pineapple wine available at Pineapple Promenade. And for peach lovers, there's a Aviva Natural Peach Sparkling Wine, and that's over at the Urban Farm Eats as well. So let's see, what else did we try? Um, there was a seared pork tenderloin with mushroom ragu, spring veggies, and marbled potatoes. If you like pork tenderloin, definitely try this one. It was very tender, and the mushroom ragu added that nice, um, I always say meatiness. Mushrooms, to me, have a meatiness, so I think it's, you know, a nice thing to have paired with with the pork and you could always ask them to just get you the the veggies and everything else if you're a vegetarian and you do you want to to enjoy this dish ask them to leave the seared pork tenderloin off and it's good just with all those veggies and potatoes and another thing that's back on the menu again this year that's been a fan favorite from the beginning is the shrimp and stone ground grits with andouille sausage, sweet corn, tomatoes, and cilantro. And that is from Florida Fresh. We love that dish. It's very tasty, a little spicy, not too spicy, but there's definitely some spice, especially from the andouille sausage. Um, so that is a quick rundown of most of the items that we got to try during the food and beverage preview. I will say overall, it was an excellent experience. Uh, I'm looking forward to going and hopping from outdoor kitchen to outdoor kitchen, trying some of the dishes that either haven't been on the menu in the past um, or are completely new. But I am looking forward to even trying some of my my favorites and having those dishes again as well. 
So let's go ahead and listen to some of the interviews that I had an opportunity to do while I was at the 2016 Epcot International Flower and Garden Festival Preview. The first interview is going to be with Greg Hannon. He's the Epcot Executive Chef. during the previous festival so um, normally about halfway to three quarters of the way through the, the last festival we start looking at guest feedback how the sales are um, and really starting to kind of do some some pre-planning that way from a food standpoint so we're we're a good year out um, and then we really start hard planning um, probably six to eight months out especially because we have to partner with our horticulturists to see what their plan is for all the gardens so we can try to coincide the food with the gardens any menu items you guys would like to make, but maybe it's not so easy for them to grow that particular product? We haven't yet, but as the festivals grow, um, we have to constantly be ahead of uh, ahead of it so much. So, you know, we have both the Food and Wine Festival and the Flower and Garden Festival that um, it is getting tougher to be so far, to plan so far in advance. So I think, though, it might happen. Um, but we try to actually take the lead from our horticulturists um, because really, you know, the Flower and Garden Festival is about flowers and, and gardening. So we're kind of waiting for their lead to see what they're, what they're talking about or what the, their story wants to be. And then we're going to try to build the food around that. When it comes to the menu items and deciding what you're going to keep from, say, the previous years and what's going to go, how do you determine all of that? This is a hard one. Um, we are going to look at what's you know what's popular. We're gonna we um, are going to look for guest feedback. So when I walk in a park, I I stick out like a sore thumb in a white chef coat. So I get a lot of feedback, positive and um, not negative, but things that we need to work on. So it's very evident what guests are are looking for. So to answer, it's really it's really difficult, especially when menu items are selling really well and we would like to reconcept a garden to say uh, we really wanted to keep that but into our fourth year we're now really have some guest favorites with the shrimp and grits and the watermelon salad it'd be great to change uh, change them up but we have so many people who are wanting them so that's where we're kind of going to keep some of the mainstays so it's really not any sort of specific decision making process there's a lot of variables that come in before we make the change and the Bowern Market was here the the first year that you guys had yes. the outdoor kitchen. Yes. It's been gone for the past two years. It's back this year. What made you decide to do that? So we have we have gotten a lot of feedback that um, outdoor kitchens is a great driver and um, as for our guest experience. You know they enjoy the gardens, but they also enjoy the kitchens. So what we tried to do is expand that and give them a little bit more offerings. And we knew that the Bauermark was one of the one of the kitchens that they enjoyed before. So it really kind of made just sense to to do that. So we added three more kitchens to really expand 
expand the festival and to really give our guests more offerings because that was one of the key drivers that one of the things that they enjoyed the most. So what is your favorite outdoor kitchen or some of your favorite items? So it's kind of like picking a child sometimes when people ask me this question. Um, I think what's going to be my, I think my favorite outdoor kitchen is Smokehouse. Themed great. Um, The beef brisket burnt ends hash um, was new last year. It's brought back. But we have um, some smoked pork ribs that are really, really good. And it's with a um, roasted corn salad with a lot of bit, a lot of chilies and a lot of lime. So that's going to be really good. And then Urban Farm Eats, we have a seared pork tenderloin that has a wild mushroom sauce and some spring vegetables. So it's more about the vegetables on the plate than really the protein. So trying to eat more vegetables. So I think I'm excited about that. And if you had any tips for people who say, say it's either their first time coming or first time since the outdoor kitchens have been added, do you have any tips? for them? I think they need to be adventurous. I think that they need to grab a passport because in the passport there are so many items that they can really navigate all the activities. Um, And page number five has a lot of information for families and kids. And I think it's kind of like a hidden secret that not many people know about. And last question. For parents who maybe have some small kids and they want to get their kids adventures and try in some of these food items, do you have any suggestions for a way for them to go about doing that? So I think that, I mean, we have some kid-friendly items. So we have the Amarita, which is a German-style griddle toast. Um, And I think how you can get them to try new things is we have about four to six gardens that are heavily themed. So I think getting them engaged and immersed in the gardening part and kind of telling them that some of the food that's grown is some of the items that they could be eating could really bridge that gap into trying some new things. Thank you. You're welcome. And that was our interview with Craig Hannon, the executive chef of Epcot. Now on to our interview with Dave Kesting. He is the Disney proprietor. How do you go about deciding what beverages should be served with the food? I mean, I know on the menus a lot of times you guys have the recommendation of a particular beverage with a particular menu item. Sure. So we first start off, it's really, we try to pair it with the food item first. So once we do the menu development with our executive chef, Greg Handen, then it allows us to see the beverage component that, that goes along with the flavors of that, of that dish. Um, for flower and garden, we do much more of the herbal fruit forward um, beverage selections compared to our food and wine, which are more savory and blend with the international countries, more representative of their country. Now at this year, do you have any particular favorites, maybe, um, whether it's cocktails, wine, beer, what your choice, anything? Sure. One, one of the things that I think the funnest, um, funnest um, item that we have and my favorite is the Firefly Blackberry Moonshine Frozen Lemonade. So you not know, to make people get a chance to have real moonshine, um, combine it with some frozen lemonade um, along with the, um, the fresh freshness of the blackberry, perfect spring drink. And then I know you guys have a beer, the um, 
drawing a blank on the name of it. It's it's a floral beer. Feast of Flowers. Thank you. Yes. So the Feast of Flowers is a proprietary beer where you only find here, at, you know, at the at the festival, which has a variety of floral components that are brewed right into the beer itself. Now, is that something that maybe might be available at the festival welcome center? Like, say, a guest potatoes. just loves this beer and wants to be able to have it at home. It will not be available to, at the Festival Welcome Center. You have to come to our outdoor kitchen to try that beer. <laughs> so it's a reason for them to just keep coming back. Oh, yes. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, when it comes to beverages, what do you think is, what do you have the most fun getting to play with? It, you know, it's really trying to do those combinations that have never been have never been done before. You know, when you see the brand new to the market, you know, products and say, how can we expose expose these to the guests and what can we do with them? You know, so it was really fun working with the black cherry hard cider. You know, that's that's just brand new. I mean, it's literally only been out, you know, for a couple of weeks, you know, now. So we're really launching it at the same time that they're, you know, they're they're launching it. So people can have a sample of that. And then they can, when they go home, they can say, hey, I was tried this. I was exposed to this. And that's really exciting for us to do for the first time for folks. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was, I'm not much of a cider fan, but mm -hmm. I thought it had a really good flavor to it. Yeah. Um, my last question is going to be, when it comes to the differences of, actually, I've got two questions. Sure. Differences between food and wine and flower and garden when it comes to beverages. What, what can guests say who have only done food and wine in the past? What can they expect to, as far as the difference between the two? Yeah, similar to our food um, items with both the flower and garden versus food and wine, you won't see them repeat. You know, and the same is the same as for our beverages. You'll see totally unique selections um, at Flower and Garden than um, you will at Food and, Food and Wine, and that's very important for our guests for our guests to understand that we want these to be two totally separate, separate festivals with totally two separate themes. And again, you're focusing on the international flavors. You know, for the Food and Wine, we're here. We're really focusing on the garden, the fruits the herbs, you know, really tying it close to the festival roots. And what tips do you have for somebody who's a first timer and has no idea where to start with all this? Yeah, for anyone that comes out here for the first time, you can't see it all in a day. You really can't. Pick up, pick up a passport, you know, pick up a times guide and make sure that you can kind of guide yourself through the component and just know that you do the things that you want to do that you're going to enjoy and have fun with because it's hard to do everything all in one day. Pace yourself. Pace yourself. <laughs> Thank you so much. You're very Up next, we have a panel of four guests. It is Eric Darden, who's the horticultural manager, Greg Hannon, who's the Epcot executive chef, Dave Kesting, who is the Disney proprietor, and Forrest Baruth, who is the show director for the Garden Rocks concert series. Here you go. Here's the panel. you to the very first 23rd annual Flower and Garden Festival preview lunch. Are you enjoying yourself? Yay! I hope so. Well, I hope you've been enjoying the food, the beverage. There's uh, some pot of plants over there. Please don't forget to grab one of these on your way out. The uh, flowers are actually edible, so this will be a little takeaway after uh, today. So please, after you're done for the, e or the evening, the afternoon, please go ahead over there and uh, please 
Take one for your enjoyment. We have got a really great program. Um, with these preview events, we like to bring up the professionals that are the masterminds, I like to say, behind the festival. And so we have three panelists that are going to be coming up. They're going to be talking a little bit about the festival, a little bit behind the scenes of the festival. And so, panelists, we have Eric Darden, who is the area manager that oversees our horticulture department. Executive Chef Greg Cannon, who is our executive chef for the festivals and the park. Dave Kesting, who is going to be talking to you everything about beverage and forest. Bob Ruth, <laughs> Forest Bob that is going to be talking everything about the Garden Rocks and all of these great events that are going to be happening in the park this year. So, Eric? Hey there, as uh, Marion said, my name is Eric Darden. I'm the area manager of the Epcot International Flower and Garden Festival. I'm always proud to say I've been involved in all 23 of the Epcot Flower and Garden Festivals. I was a foreman on the first one. So, when I was talking to think about this, you know, normally I just show a preview at the Flower and Garden Festival. But that seems kind of superfluous because half of it's up and it opens next Wednesday. So I thought I'd, especially since you guys are Disney fans and you're here for the food, I'd talk about the history of food in the Flower and Garden Festival, a brief history of food in the Flower and Garden Festival. So, as you know, the festival began in 1994, and there really was no food emphasis. As a matter of fact, I know, I was there, I worked on it, we didn't think of food. We talked a little bit about food in Morocco, because that's the theme of the pavilion. Um, always, always has been since 82. And um, Roger Swain was one of our guest speakers. Those of you my age or older would know who he is. Uh, and he did vegetable gardening, but really it was an afterthought. Um, it was a flower festival. We weren't even really allowed to use uh, foliage. We didn't like using any colored foliage. And then between 96 and 2003, how many of y'all remember? Were any of y'all here the first flower garden festival? Oh, a few. <laughs> well, between 93 and uh, 2096 and 2003, we had a huge food display, Gardening for Food Around the World, where we talked about how developing nations grew their food. We actually had folks from those nations fly in. It was in cooperation with the World Bank. But it seems kind of funny now. We never once thought about eating the food. We, we showed how grain was grown. We talked about all the stuff they ate. No one at Disney said, hey, maybe we should try serving some of this. Good display. Lasted while it was lasting. Uh, and then, like most things, you know, it, it went away. Now, in 99, we actually did have a brunch. It was an odyssey. We had a partner go and sponsor it. But it's, it was so disconnected from the event because the event had nothing to do about food. It lasted one year. Did anyone go to that? Oh, someone in, wow. A long time flower garden. It was, a, it was actually a nice brunch. <laughs> Good thing we have that back button. So, in, uh, 2008, we had our first, what I would call our first real vegetable garden. It was a dynamite vegetable garden in West Future World, and I know some of y'all probably remember that. That opened our eyes in horticulture because the guest reaction to that was stupendous. They loved it. Lines to get into it, and we're like, whoa, wow, we've been doing all flowers for all the years, and we finally do food plants, and it seems as popular as the topiaries. We did that a few years. Um, they did, that garden didn't come back, but that was a year. Kind of, and 2010 was a breakout year for us at Epcot, where we really started seeing the potential of food. Um, Rainbow changed our, we changed the Rainbow Garden to an edible garden. We happened to take attendance of those gardens two years straight. The attendance quadrupled when we put food into the uh, into the garden. That was the only change. Everything else was the same. So in horticulture, we're like, wow, this is what we needed to draw folks in. It's also the first year that we had um, the. Florida Fresh Weekend, and if y'all may know that, 
And um, we also had a brunch that year that was very popular. That year is really when a lot of us started thinking about um, growing the festival, taking it to another level, and that was really driven by the guests because we kept hearing from our guests, from you guys, we have all these vegetable plants and herbs and everything. Um, why can't we try it? I'm sure that people having gone to the food and wine had a lot to do with that. But, uh, you know, we started talking about that internally at uh, all levels. And really, it was the next few years, um, in 2011, when Farm to Table became very popular. Uh, we noticed that trend, and we kept seeing the guests ask for food during Flower Garden Festival. Um, and uh, really, an internal team of five or six disciplines, some of the disciplines up here, actually all the disciplines up here, got together and uh, put together a presentation to our leadership, and that was why we had food in 2013. And of course, that was the first year, I think that year we called them the uh, Taste of Spring um, Outdoor Kitchens. So that's a little history of the festival after this talk. If you have any more questions, I'd be happy to answer. But now, I need to turn it over to Executive Chef of Epcot, Greg Hannon. Excellent, thank you. <clears throat> Let me just click to the next. All right, good afternoon, everybody. Uh, hopefully you are enjoying the food and beverage offerings that we have chosen um, for this year's preview event. Um, this is, if um, you're not aware, the fourth year that we're doing our outdoor kitchens and very excited to really look at um, you know, and feature um, some new food items, uh, some great fresh um, selections, not only from a food, but a beverage standpoint. But this year, I just want to talk briefly about our three new marketplaces that we have going on. So we have sort of returning, but is new and reimagined. We have our Cider House, which used to be our Buttercup Cottage. We have Isla Fresca, which is going to be themed more about our Throughout the, uh, throughout the Caribbean, a little bit in the uh, Jamaican flavors. And then we have Bauernmark, which is a German spring market. Um, we have some, all those, we have some featured menu items here, um, here today. Um, and one of the cool things that we're really trying to do is with, with the tagline of Fresh Epcot is really, really bring um, not only the farm to table, but the produce, um, the flowers that are being grown um, in partnership with Eric, um, you know, to life within the menu items. Um, one of the neat features that we have that are, that are here today is from fresh from, excuse me, from Florida Fresh. We have the Florida Lotter Board, and um, this is really, really cool. So not only is it from Florida, but it's all ingredients that are locally sourced right here in Orlando. So we have a Orlando made cheese, we have a pate, we have bread made in Winter Garden and some pickled vegetables. So one of the things that we're trying to do in the marketplaces is get not as local as possible, but for the Florida Fresh, we really wanted to see how we could do that um, from the Orlando market. So very excited about that. And we have quite a few new menu items, but we also have a few returners. So at, at, excuse me, at the Cider House, we have the smoked salmon, um, smoked salmon tartare with the cheddar cheese biscuit, and then we have the lemon scone that's going to be returning as well. So although it is just in our fourth year, we do have now some guest favorites, uh, watermelon salad, which are able to taste, and the shrimp and grits. So I think that we have a great mix of returning items that are guest favorites, and then a selection of new items. So 
very excited this year to feature the menu items um, and to really go along with our tagline of Fresh Epcot. So, hope you enjoyed everything and um, hopefully I'll see you out there not only in a promenade but maybe after uh, so we could chat. Thank you. I'm going to hand it over to Dave Keston. I hope you'll see that the beverages all also follow the fresh Epcot theme um, and really pair well with the food. Um, very much floral infused, um, some vegetable, and a lot of fruit inspired um, drinks um, that you'll see around, around the festival. Um, you start out with the desert, desert Violet Lemonade, very refreshing, really ties very well into um, the floral aspect. Um, then you, you, you um, have the Hugo, you have the little elderflower, a little champagne, a little mint. Um, all ties together, and then we also have a lot of the different ciders that are very popular um, out there in the world. A pear cider and a blueberry cider, and one of my favorites is the black cherry cider. Combine that with the lager, and we call that the snake bite. So we think that's going to be a, a very popular um, selection for our guests this year. Um, not shown here today because guess what? We want you to come back. There's a firefly, blackberry, moonshine. Frozen lemonade. Yeah, it's pretty tasty. Um, after you get done with the second or third, it's, they even get better after that. <laughs> um, I hope you'll enjoy it. You'll see that everything ties uh, very much together. Have fun. Enjoy the festival. It's be a wonderful time for everyone. Well, we are so glad you're all here, and we were talking and saying how excited we are to share kind of a look behind the scenes. Uh, I'm the show director, uh, Mike Print for Epcot, principal show director for Epcot, work with Creative Entertainment. I'm a 45-year cast member, so I was here before the castle was completed and a part of the very first Flower and Garden Festival. So uh, it's been a great time, and we always love to see all the new things that are happening. Uh, one of my projects is the Flower and Garden Festival and also Garden Rocks. Have uh, all of you, did you all enjoy the music you were listening to when you entered and came in? Well, that's great. That's some music from Garden Rocks. And I've got a cheat sheet here, so I don't forget anything. Go. There we go. Uh, in entertainment, we're constantly looking to update, uh, make things better, more exciting. A lot of you may remember the old, uh, what we call then, flower power. And uh, until not 2014, we called it flower power, but we thought that's kind of a dated name and it sounds kind of like the 1960s. Let's see what we can do to really update it. We thought, well, it's Garden Flower and Garden Festival. It's at America Gardens Theater. We thought, Garden's a word we've got to use. And then it's mainly rock and roll based, so we thought, rocks, maybe rock garden. We thought, no, rock garden would be uh, uh, the horticulture end of it. So we said, garden rocks, and it's really caught on. Uh, but we didn't stop just with the title. Uh, we've been adding and making the, flower, the garden rocks concert series better every single year. A couple of years ago, we, uh, we've added new stage setup, new look. We used to have large signs that were at the side of the stage. Those are now all video panels. And this year we've got a new stage look, more video, more lighting capabilities, lots, lots more things. So 
you can enjoy better. It'll give updated lighting, updated sound, updated presence. So it's really going to be even more exciting than it was before. Um, well, the slide on the, sheet, the screen there shows the last year's Garden Rocks on the lower left. You get kind of an idea. When you come to see it, you're going to be shocked because it's even going to be more exciting. Anyway, uh, let's take a look at our Garden Rocks talent lineup. Here we go. Forgive me, it's hard to look over my shoulder and try and see it there. But I'm going to just run down this and I'm going to read it for you. Um, orchestra starring former members of Electric Light Orchestra. Their main song is Evil Woman. Starship featuring Mickey Thomas with We Built the City. Little River Band, Reminiscent. Village People, YMCA. Herman's Hermits starring Peter Noon and I Made Me the Egg. I am. I know you'll enjoy that one. Uh, the Guess Who with These Eyes, uh, Blood, Sweat, and Tears featuring Bo Bice. You heard Spinning Wheel. I heard it playing here earlier. New Bad Company featuring uh, former lead singer Brian Howe, Can't Get Enough. A band called Georgia Satellites, Keep Your Hands to Yourself. Gin Blossoms are returning with Hey Jealousy. Darling Love with Wait Till My Bobby Comes Home. Night Ranger with Sister Christian. The Spinners, Working My Way Back to You. So we feel that we have a great lineup every Friday, Saturday, and Sunday throughout this garden, the Flower and Garden Festival for you to be able to enjoy Garden Rocks. A fast look. We're just going to look at these pictures here. All I can say is you've got to be able to come out and see Garden Rocks. It's a great way to spend your evening after you've spent all day at the festival and then go back and enjoy the ruminations and all the great food and everything else here. With that, I'm going to turn it back to Marianne Hunt. Thank you, and thank you all of you. What a, what a great presentation by everybody. Getting a really nice sneak preview of what's going on and a little bit of the history of the festival. Well, this is going to wrap up this part of our presentation right now, but you have until 2.30 to really enjoy the great food, the beverage, um, that are here today. Like I said, don't forget your potted plant over there. That's a really wonderful takeaway. And before I um, close for right now, I really would like to thank all of our cast members that were involved today to kind of pull this together. You know, with these events, they, they just don't magically happen. <laughs> there's a lot of cast members, you know, the culinary team, the, the, there's vendors that are here that are winemakers in some of the, the beer companies and the brewmasters that are here, you know, we really appreciate that. Our whole horticulture team, I mean, they have been working endless hours, you know, to try to get these gardens out that some of you, I know, had the opportunity of seeing. And, you know, it's just amazing, all the different cast members, you know, our servers, um, the, the kitchen help in the back, I mean, there's just so many people. So big round of applause for all these people that really make these things happen for everybody. And once again, thank you panelists for talking a little bit about, you know, the festival. I hope you're all excited. Remember, it's 90 days this year. March 2nd is the starting, and then uh, May 30th is the, the last day of the festival. And for those of you that would like to learn more about, visit um, www.freshepcot.com. And those of you who are tweeting, it's hashtag FreshEpcot. So once again, on behalf of Epcot, Thank you so much for all of you choosing to come and spend your afternoon with us, and I'll be seeing you out in the park.
Well, that was our interview with Dave Kesting, the Disney proprietor. Hope you've enjoyed that interview as well as our one with Greg Hannon, the Epcot executive chef. We greatly appreciate the Walt Disney World Resort inviting us to take part in the preview of the 2016 Epcot Flower and Garden Festival. As well as Greg Hannon, Dave Kesting, Eric Darden, and Forrest Baruth, who is the show director that puts together the great concert series you get to enjoy. Like right now, the one that's going on is the Garden Rocks concert series. So he gets to be the one handling all that fun for you guys. Well, since that's everything for you today, and Bubba's not here, I'll go ahead and tell you where to find Bubba. You can follow him on Twitter as well as on Instagram, and it's going to be big underscore Bubba underscore B. Again, that's big underscore Bubba underscore B. So you can follow him for all kinds of fun Disneyland tweets and photos and little videos and everything. And then as far as Dining at Disney, just head up DiningAtDisney.com. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, and Periscope. We're also on YouTube where you can watch videos for most of our podcasts. And that's going to be the Dining at Disney on YouTube. Since we are part of the Weebie Geese Network, we need to give them a shout out and make sure you download, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, as well as on YouTube. You can give us a five-star rating and a review. We would love that. And uh, next week, Bubba and I will discuss how we're going to give away those recipe cards that we have, as well as tons and tons of news has been coming out. So um, we'll have plenty of that for you as well. Until next time, thanks for listening and bon appetit. This podcast is not affiliated with the Walt Disney Company or its holdings and is intended for entertainment purposes. Ladies and gentlemen, we are currently holding for further traffic clearance. Check out Kristen's new website, MagicalJourneysVacations.com. For all your vacation needs, Disney, Universal, Cruise Lines, and more. Thank you for traveling with us. MagicalJourneysVacations.com. Have her book your magical vacation today. Listen to WDW Tiki Room, the show about all things Disney. Fridays, 8 a.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific on Sorcerer Radio. I'm Kristen. I'm Al John. Join us for discussions on the Disney parks, food news, travel deals and tips, attractions and event news, and more. Time to do the must-do. Or should I say must-do? Sorcerer Radio correspondent Stan Barnes has the Disney 4-in-1 pop culture news. Eric Allen has Disney video game news with bonus levels. Natalie Henley shares ways to save money and Mike Emke has the Disney Geek Report on Marvel and Star Wars. Leave your show comments, requests, and discussion topics on our new voicemail. Call 850-888-TIKI. That's 850-888-8454. You can also post your questions, comments via Twitter and Facebook WDW Tiki Room. WDW Tiki Room, the show about all things Disney. Fridays at 8 a.m. 5 Pacific with an encore presentation 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 Pacific. On Sorcerer Radio, srsounds.com. Crisis for the geek kind. Top geek officials admit they underestimated the hipster's defense capability. Join the geek revolution and save the galaxy. 
geeks from all over the globe are joining up to fight for the future. They're doing their part. Are you? Want to know more? Join Weeby Geeks and the Geek Revolution and save the world. Service guarantees citizenship. Listen to Weeby Geeks podcast on iTunes and Stitcher or online at WeebyGeeks.net. Weeby Geeks, your voice for the Geek Revolution. Want to know more?